Hello and welcome to episode 128 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Bob and Steven from the band Arm Wrestling Club. If you are one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for coming back. But, for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now, today on the show, I sat down with Dennis and Steve of the band Car Sickness. And for those of you who don't know, Car Sickness was or is an art punk slash no wave band from Pittsburgh who primarily existed from 1979 to 1982. And they are considered to be one of the most influential bands to emerge from the prolific Pittsburgh punk scene of the late 1970s. Dennis from Car Sickness is also one of the curators for the non-punk Pittsburgh exhibit currently showing at the Space Gallery on Liberty Avenue in downtown. That's downtown Pittsburgh. The non-punk Pittsburgh exhibit, it's a retrospective of the music and arts during the fall of the Industrial Revolution that opened the door for the vibrant arts community that Pittsburgh has today. I talked with Dennis and Steve about what the music scene was like in Pittsburgh during the late 70s and early 80s, compared a bit to how things are today, and yeah, even after car sickness, Dennis and Steve have both continued to write and play in bands together throughout the years, and they're still at it today. Uh, Get Hip, we just re-released some of the original Car Sickness material, remastered on vinyl and CD, and they're going to be hosting a release party for it on April 21st at the non-punk Pittsburgh event at Space Gallery. Car Sickness is going to be performing live together for the first time in a pretty long time alongside the Full Counts and the Knox Boys. It's a free event, so be there if you can. I really, really can't recommend enough checking out the non-punk Pittsburgh exhibit. It's awesome. And if you can make it there on April 21st, you'll get to see the exhibit. You'll get to see some live music. You'll get to see car sickness. You can pick up a copy of the remastered vinyl or CD, whatever you prefer. Get both. Shit. And yeah, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I'm actually going to play a car sickness song before we get into the conversation because I think I want there to be a frame of reference for anyone that's listening to this episode that doesn't know car sickness that might be my age or younger and I just want to expose you to some shit because I don't trust you to go out and seek it on your own so I'm going to play it for you and then we're going to get into the conversation this song 
is called Bill Wilkinson. It is by Car Sickness. I hope you enjoy it. by car sickness and now that we've got all that out of the way let's get into the conversation sit back relax and let's start the motherfucking beat We are sitting here at my work, which is weird. This is the first time I did a podcast here, working from work. I'm actually still on the clock. I'm not going to punch out. This is technically work-related, right? Of course. (laughs) It is, really. Yeah. So, um, you're here today, Dennis and Steve. I wanted to talk to you about the non-punk Pittsburgh art exhibit, photo exhibit, Mm -hmm. exhibit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going on right now downtown at Space. What can you tell me and people who aren't familiar with the event? Uh, the non-punk show is at the Space Gallery in downtown Pittsburgh. Um, it's uh, a show of photographs from back uh, late 70s, early 80s uh, of bands and places where bands hung out and stuff like that. Um, features a lot of good photographers that are still photographers. Larry Ripple is my uh, co-curator on this, and he has some of the most awesome stuff in the show. That I mean, there were it was a very well documented time back in the day. Um, 
probably through filmmakers and most of the people worked in the dark room, which was a photo lab downtown. Um, and everybody uh, took photographs and did uh, and played in punk bands or just band bands, kind of like art bands, maybe. That's pretty much why I've called it non-punk, because it was more of a an art movement, an explosion of art I at that time in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, there was a film in the back by Stephanie Burroughs, uh, Debt Begins at 20, uh, full length, runs about an hour. Uh, there's comfortable chairs and bean bags back there. You can go sit down and watch a full length one hour movie of the punk scene back in Pittsburgh is 7980. And, uh, then you can come out and enjoy the, I don't know, I think there's more than a hundred prints, large prints in the gallery. Uh, there's videos playing, there's uh, four video monitors, there's one projection of an old news broadcast uh, of punk in Pittsburgh. I like the one segment that says, the puke on punk is what they called the one article. <laughs> and then there's a video monitor in the window, uh, and the speakers are outside, and it just runs an hour and a half loop of just uh, random bands from back in the day. Uh, video uh, was just probably coming into the scene about that time. And uh, what else can I say about the show? Um, oh, yes, there's uh, <clears throat> music all the time, um, obviously in, on the videos and everything, but there's a full set up there. And on Fridays, we're doing jam sessions, which um, we had our first one last night, the 14th. And next week, the 21st, is the... Car sickness, um, I guess, we don't want to call it reunion, but what are we calling that, Steve? Oh, it's just uh, car sickness back together. Car sickness, we're yeah. back, <laughs> still, yeah. Still shooting above the garbage. Uh-huh, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. the Knox boys are going to play with us, and the Fool Counts are going to play with us. So it should be a really good show in uh, downtown. The gallery crawl is going on, too, so uh, there's lots to do in downtown Pittsburgh. The, the beauty of the... Uh, the space gallery show is that it brings into prominence that yeah sure there was a lot of music happening but secondary to it or parallel to it was the full art scene as dennis mentioned and when you're in the center of it all back then when we were young in the late 70s i don't think we realized uh how important that was in sustaining the scene over a long period of time and uh there's people like Stacy Weiss who was always photographing everything and uh, a fellow named Francis Lackey who always had his video camera available. But as somebody pointed out to me at the opening, uh, was that the they pointed out how, how many uh, women were involved in the scene. Oh, yeah, whereas totally. uh, pretty much nationally in the late 70s, uh, female uh, musicians and artists were still subservient, I think, in some level. Whereas in Pittsburgh, there was a lot of uh, women-based uh, bands and front people and artists and things of that nature. There, there were a ton of magazines being put together and, and uh, distributed. And uh, there was just such a healthy coexistence between the so-called punk or non-punk scene as well as with the art scene and uh, with the with the old Pittsburgh, old school Pittsburgh scene, who at that time would have been the uh, Iron City House Rockers and uh, uh, 
uh, whomever they Diamond were. Diamond Rio. Diamond Rio and <laughs> yeah. all that what stuff. Else out there? Uh, but also at the opening, there was just such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful vibe, uh, wonderful energy, and it was so, uh, so, I guess, affirming that we, it's almost as if we all lived in the same foxhole for a period of time. Totally. It was super yeah. cool for me to walk through and see all the stuff because like I'm in the scene now and like going through and looking at photos and being like, this looks like my friend group, but this was so long ago, but there's like this thing that I'm kind of like romanticizing in my head about it. Cause I'm like, nobody's holding cell phones in these pictures. Cause it wasn't a thing. Like everybody's actually connected and talking and working together. And it's like, I mean, we're not super disconnected now, but it's a lot more disconnected than it probably was then just by default, just with the way society has changed. Well, there's, there's one part of the show, an element of the show, too, which is the posters that we used back in the day. We didn't have Facebook or anything like that. So we pretty much had to, like, plaster posters to get oh, the yeah. word out that the band was playing or go to the record store. We would meet at the record stores, too. That was our that was our meeting place uh, to find out what was going on and who's playing where and you know do you, you want to play in a band come on down um it was uh, that that was the way we did it back then there was also an unspoken uh role that if you you don't put your poster over somebody else's poster oh, totally yeah you know and if you see a poster that's out of date you would take it down there was like a kind of a, a a musical gentleman's agreement with the other they bands. didn't come down very easy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were weed pasted on the walls it was uh it's, it's interesting because of, obviously this was before photoshop and access to computers so everything had to be every word had to be letter had to be cut out of a magazine yeah and pasted that, on a piece of paper that brings up another element to the show where you can actually go and we have a little spot set up in the window area there where you can uh, go and make your own. We're calling them political punk rock posters because you know, they don't have a band. And you know, if you have something you want to say or uh, you want to come down and make a poster and put it, we're putting them up on the wall for everybody to see. You can see them from the window outside. And uh, we have a pretty nice little collection so far. Uh, some of my kids, I teach at Kappa, some of my students have... Uh, uh, made some that look really awesome. Uh, I'm not being modest at all. They are really awesome. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, come on down and make your own poster. There's uh, paper, magazine, scissors, uh, glue sticks, and, you know, come down and use that punk rock style to say something. And on Friday, you can go down and start your own band. On Fridays, the, uh, the jam sessions, you can come down and you can come down as a band if you'd like and people can sit in with you or you can come down uh, and go into the gallery there's a bass amp there's a guitar amp there's a drum kit there's a pa um and uh, you can just play this last one that i just did last night um was was kind of interesting because uh i don't think anybody from pittsburgh came to play it was just strangers from out of town walking <laughs> the streets of Pittsburgh that just kind of like wandered in and they were like you know kind of overwhelmed by the, the images and the videos and everything and then when they realized they could play and it was like really how I, perfect I can play and I'm like yeah come on 
I'll set you up. And then they came in. I had people from Toronto, mm. from uh, uh, New York, uh, a bunch of people that have never been to the big city, Pittsburgh. They're all like <laughs> totally overwhelmed. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it was pretty awesome. I have a few of the, the clips I'll, I'll post on the non-punk page. There's a non-punk page that you can go to on the, Facebook. On Facebook, yeah. Not, not, yeah. Everything's on Facebook. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so how long does that go till if people want to show up? Uh, well, it's gonna be every Friday except for the twenty first and the second, and that will go till June eighteenth. And what time? Uh, six to nine, we're saying, but that could be adjusted. Uh, <laughs> depends on how the party's doing. Depends who's there. Well, well, it really is like a party. It's like yeah. we we have a little playroom downtown now, so come on down and and let's play. Totally. I Literally, think, let's play. Yeah. If you have any sort of interest in photography in general, or the music scene in general, or punk or old school, like just seeing what things were like back then. Like, there's a million different reasons why I could think that you could get something out of this, but specifically to the demographic of demographic can't talk demographic of people that I talk to and that I know listen to the show. I think they would really be into just seeing what the scene was like back then and checking out those old flyers and watching some of those old video clips. There's like old uh, clips of the band playing and uh, all kinds of stuff there. That's just really, really neat to see it all and think like, oh, wow, like old black flag played here. Yeah, totally. They did. <laughs> of course they did. It probably wasn't even that big. You know, it's like they're another band now. Uh, but then, you know, they well, were here. We never... Of course, never viewed it as a scene at the time. Oh, totally. You know, that was in retrospect. Uh, it was out of somewhat out of necessity because there weren't clubs to play in. Uh, so we would have to start, a, start an event. We would have to create an event. Uh, and, it, and it was fun. Uh, I mean, it was never hard work. Uh, it was a lot of responsibility, but it was never difficult. And the interesting thing is when we would venture into Akron or Cleveland or out of town, even an hour out of town, we would find a similar situation. We were all somewhat disconnected because there wasn't the interconnection of the Internet. But we would find similar scenes happening all around. And every every individual scene was self-supportive of a, of a bigger of a bigger global or national thing uh, we always had a, a floor to sleep on or a hot meal uh, people took care of each other the bands from different cities uh, was supportive of other people doing similar work yeah so. I mean that's it's definitely still like that but I think yeah. that but it's easier still, somewhat yeah, easier well, yeah definitely networking's a lot easier now I remember uh, talking with friends who are probably they're a little bit older than me but like younger than you two so they were like in the in between you know and like telling me about how like the internet was available but it wasn't at that point yet where the internet was in our pockets all the time right. so they would still like go to the library and like do their research for like different venues in different cities on the internet but they'd have to do it at the library and write it all down on books and write down <laughs> phone numbers and then go home and call them you know and now it's like you could do the whole damn thing from your toilet, if you want. <laughs> you know, I've done you, that you before. Can book so. a whole tour in your bathroom. <laughs> now it's crazy. But the the issue now is that since it's so accessible, there's so many people that are trying to do it, and it's very. There's a lot of static. You know, there's just there's so much 
so many bands doing it, which is awesome. And I think great. the recording Every, process has improved also. Oh, yeah, it's so much it's easier so to record yeah. music. I was just saying this last night. You know, you can record a song on a cell phone. You could take your band photo on a cell phone that looks good, and then you could upload it to the Internet all from all from the same little device. Which it's makes crazy. it which makes it much more difficult to find quality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because but there there was one thing that uh, we did have back in the day, which was college radio was really big yeah. on the scene back then. Because we would, you know, we had WRCT here, at Carnegie Mellon's I'm uh, actually, radio I'm station. I'm playing on WRCT tomorrow. <laughs> oh, are you really? Yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. So they're still going. Yeah. And uh, you know, there was a playlist uh, from WRCT where we were up as number one on their playlist. Their playlist got sent out to other universities, and then we get a call from them, and they would want us to come out and play. So people had already heard us via the college radio station. That's super uh, cool. Which really has a small, you know, it's not huge, but now with podcasts and stuff, I guess it's it's grown because they can just post it onto the internet. And one of the other things that I I wanted to mention, Steve mentioned uh, work wise that. Uh, we were working all the time to record, to play, and it yeah. didn't feel like work. I mean, it was fun, but, you know, when I think back on those days, we were uh, rehearsing every night or recording or, or on playing or on the phone booking gigs or out putting posters <laughs> up, um, you know, so it was a... It was a lot of work. We toured extensively back then. We were on the road for months at a time. And when we weren't on the road, we pretty much all lived together. If we didn't live together, we lived in the same block. So we did rehearse every single night. And if we weren't rehearsing, as Dennis mentioned, we were recording. And of course, back then to record was an ordeal because you had to move <laughs> all your equipment to a location and uh, get 20 minutes on an open reel tape. And I think we recorded the first album uh, on four track. Yeah. And we used three of the tracks. And we were like, well, what do we do with the fourth one? You know, two tracks for the instruments and one track for the vocals. And we were, well, we still have another track here, guys. Uh, you know, what do we do now? It's like <laughs> now we have, you know, infinite tracks and uh-huh. uh, and back then decisions had to be made. And, uh, and well, they kind of bounce all the drums onto one track, yeah. you know, it's 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 just really old school recording that I mean, is really a good way to, you know, actually learn how to do that stuff from the scratch you know yeah, I think that, that's well I, I, I i've said this before i think that's why there's a, a like a really severe lack of talent in live musicians now is because it's so easy to record something now and you can half-ass it and push a button and the computer fixes it for you so well, you're lo- able to put out like a a, pro- a, qual- like a product that has like a mask of quality, but then you sure. see it in a live environment and something's off, but it's because they're not rehearsed, you know? They didn't, like, rehearse every day to put out product that sounds perfect. They kind of kind of had it, went into the studio, recorded it, and then... Fixed it. Touched it all up on the computer, you know? Well, part of, the, part of that uh, dilemma that you're mentioning is, is that, sure, you might be decent enough on your instrument... 
but one of the skills that's involved with live recording is the interaction with the audience. It's a collaboration between the musician and the audience. And some folks uh, that weren't raised in a live situation, whereas the live situation comes as an afterthought to the recording, uh, it's it's really apparent that there's uh, there's a disconnect between musician and audience. And uh, that gets so frustrating to see a musician never looking up from 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 their uh, keyboard or whatever <laughs> from the computer. I think they call them now. Right? <laughs> well, it's, it's, is that have I got that right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, when I see when I see live music, I, I want to be part of it, and I don't want to it be separate from me. It has to be. In, it has to be connected to to the experience. Oh, definitely. And a lot of times. You're, you're lacking that in, in, in those lives. We used to have an on, we had an ongoing joke, and uh, we always say that uh, if we were walking down the avenue and we heard this music coming out of a bar, would we go in? Would we want? Would we be? Would would we want to go in and listen to it? Uh, so that's the kind of music we want to play. Uh, it's not music, perhaps that everyone's going to enjoy. It's going to be music that we would want to go in and listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that I, the same way, totally. Yeah. You know, anytime any band I've ever played in or song I've written, it's exactly. always been, you know, I write what I want to hear or, and I, when I perform, it's like I try to give the performance that I would want to see. Yeah. Right. You it's play like, music well, that yeah, you want to oh hear. Oh, I'd see that band. Well, that's, <laughs> that's an alien concept to some people. They, they're playing music that's geared towards a demographic or it's geared towards a market, which is totally separate from what, uh, what the whole concept of music is mm -hmm. what they're doing is is a uh, you know is an ad for for their egos <laughs> totally yeah. 100% so you know there's there was the time when all of these photos were taken mm -hmm. right? right and then there's the now when this art exhibit's happening right so what happened in between <laughs> a lot of bands happened in between. Dennis I mean, and I are still playing together Steve after all and I these are still years. Playing a standing wave, standing uh, wave, yeah. And it's uh, a dobro and drums, and it's kind of a uh, a roots, uh, cosmic roots, whatever. I don't know, but the the as far as the the timeline, we we all pretty much stayed connected. And thanks right. before Facebook, we had Yahoo groups and things of that nature. Uh, but go ahead, Dennis. You were going to say. Well, I, I was just thinking too that uh, you know you went off on your life in balance and yeah. played in that yeah. for years. Uh, Fourteen years. I played years. with yeah. some of my friends in some other bands with uh, Rick Bach and uh, Jamie and the Mood Swingers and tried various different experiments with other stuff and. You know, like Steve and I would always come back together. It yeah. was, it's, kind of <laughs> like... it's, it's, it's interesting because there's such a level of, and it's cliche to say, but it's, there's such a level of telepathy that it doesn't matter what we play. It has to, what we play is, is nothing compared to uh, how, it, how it is absorbed into us because there's, does, it, I, being a two-piece really helps because you can do anything. <laughs> 
and uh, you can go anywhere. And Dennis plays. Does, Dennis doesn't keep the beat. Dennis is an interactive drummer. He he listens and uh, he he's part of it as opposed to just a metronome. I mean, he's part of the sound as opposed to uh, just uh, keeping keeping the clock. I kind of like to think I was kind of always like that, even in back in the car sickness days, always, where yeah. I was like you know not. I was playing with the sounds that I was hearing and not, you know, just keeping a beat for everybody to play with. Um, you know, this this new record, I've listened to it, the re-release on Get Hip, I mean, I've listened to it a thousand times now already, uh, actually for the last two years, mm. and I'm listening back to some of that stuff and going, what were we thinking back then? But it, it just <laughs> totally. you know, and it comes back to me, and I'm like thinking, wow, that... That was pretty interesting, and then to talk about it um, just takes on a whole nother conversation. That it's like, wow. So, at the time of car sickness, had you been in bands prior, or was this like a pretty young band for you? Both. I played in when I was. This is me in my twenties. Okay. okay. I, yeah. You know. So you you were in a few bands and stuff. I was in a well when I first came to Pittsburgh. We went down to a place. My roommates and I. When I say we, uh, we gathered up my roommate played guitar and I played drums and we thought, well, this is fun. Let's uh, we were kind of thinking about it. So I went back to Youngstown, Ohio, where I'm from, got my drum set, dragged it back to Pittsburgh, uh, set up in our small apartment in Squirrel Hill. And Dan and I would uh, my roommate would just jam around a little bit and. Then we thought, well, let's let's take this to another level. So we went down to a place called Heads Together, yeah. which was one of the record stores. Which had my this... uncle worked at Heads Together. Yeah, Great yeah, place. yeah. Uh, it was an awesome place. That yeah. was a you know another one. We were talking about the Facebook things. This was a great place to go and mm -hmm. find out what was going on, see if people were interested. And we just ripped off a couple names off of there: guitar player, bass player. Went back home, grabbed our landline phone, and started calling these people. And then they would just show up at our apartment strangers have no idea and i ended up playing in a blues band with Ooh. my roommate mate, <laughs> uh nick mancini back in the day and mike halco and then uh when i kind of graduated school uh mike halco was playing in a band called the targets which their drummer i guess they fired him i don't know what the deal was with that but he brought me into the uh, scene over on uh, okay. K Street, yeah. Is that Mike Shallow? Mike Salos, yeah. Mike Salos, uh, Mike Halco, Carl, and then ended up being me on drums, and that lasted like I don't know, a couple weeks. <laughs> but my drums were at the bouquet bouquet place. Well, you did gigs. We did a couple gigs. Yeah, we yeah. just we did some college gigs. CMU, we played, uh, you know, a couple college gigs there. But yeah, it it was fun, but it fell apart. But my drums were already over on Bouquet Street, and uh, I ended up playing with some, you know, it was just, everything was set up there, yeah. so people would just drop by and start playing. And uh, Bouquet Street was kind of the center hub of, of okay. the... In Oakland? In South was, Oakland, yes. It was right yeah. down from the original hot dog stand, yeah. where you could grab a couple nine-packs, and everybody would grab a nine-pack and come down to the house and start playing. And... Uh, it was interesting. I started to play, you know, obviously we're all like kind of trading each other off like, you know, baseball players or something. And I <laughs> was playing, you know, with uh, Don and 
Stan and the Young Radishes. And when we would do gigs, we would do the Young Radishes. And then uh, Car Sickness was also happening at that same time. So it would be Young Radishes, Car Sickness. So I'd be Young playing. Radishes opening for Car Sickness. Yeah, and it would be like I was playing all night long. It was. Yeah. And Michael Boat Boy. And I could really do that back then. So, like, <laughs> even. Even back then, uh, the loop, the scene was a little like a lot of bands shared members, and it was almost kind of like yeah. incestuous in like a weird way. With absolutely, it's, it's yeah. still like that today. It's so funny yeah. because everybody that I know plays in two or three bands, and then sometimes people are like, "Oh, like it's so hard to get a show." It's like we're kind of doing this to ourselves because everybody's in so many different bands. Well, and then it was it was like you, know, you had to make a choice eventually. Yeah. It's like, well, they're playing in Cleveland this weekend, and I have a gig here with the other bands, and then you have to make a decision, uh -huh. a choice. It's like, um, and that's kind of Steve ended up over in Bouquet Street. I think it was you, me, and Carl were the, well, the, the hub you of Carsick. Yeah, thing. mentioning that. I mean, it's it's is if the five or another prominent band at that time was playing. We wouldn't double book. We wouldn't book in another club. We wouldn't want to split the scene up. We wanted to make sure that uh, people got out to support the band. And yeah, uh, as far as how I got involved in it, I was uh, living in Dublin, Ireland for about a year or so, and uh, came back to. I got involved there with the traditional Irish music scene. I wanted to. Uh, make tape loops and splice the stuff up and do avant-garde things with traditional music. But the uh, what was happening at the time, 77, was also a punk movement. And so I got to see for the first time, firsthand, bands like Stiff Little Fingers and uh, The Undertones. And to me, coming from Pittsburgh, Bloomfield in particular, this was all new. And it was kind of new everywhere, but uh, it just kind of blew my mind. So I came back to Pittsburgh, and that week that I got back, The Clash were playing in Cleveland. So I had enough money to take a one-way bus ticket to Cleveland, <laughs> saw The Clash, and Joe Strummer actually came up to me and sat at my table and asked why uh, why I was so sad. But I was actually trying to look tough because I thought punks needed to look kind of rough. <laughs> and he, he put his arm around me and said, enjoy yourself, dance, have some fun. And I said, and that, I didn't know who he was, and then he went up on stage and it was Joe Strummer. And I, oh, geez, it's like <laughs> I got his blessing. Uh, so after the show, I uh, didn't. I had enough money to get a bus home or go to a bar. Obviously, went to a bar, and in the bar was uh, Carl Mullen, Reed Paley, and a bunch of people that were at the center of that Bouquet Street scene. Uh, they were in there, and I heard Carl's Irish accent. So I went over and said, "Oh, I just moved back here from Dublin." And he said, "Where at?" And I, I think I said Mountjoy Square or wherever it was. And he said, oh, "I lived like right there." And so we kind of clicked and at the end of the drinking spree they said well we have to we have to go back now I said where are you driving to and they said Pittsburgh and I said oh I need a ride to Pittsburgh and so <laughs> we kind of uh, evolved uh, that scene uh, the next morning I, I showed up at their door with a set of bagpipes and a synthesizer but they were still sleeping so I <laughs> went home and came back 2 o'clock in the afternoon they were still sleeping but, uh, but I, I was persistent and uh, there it was Late nights, yeah. usually. And, uh, you know, you're saying the, the Irish music stuff, which we still play today, really. Yeah. I, I took on the Balrong. Yeah, exactly. Plays the penny whistle. You know, we can play on the street anytime now. It's always fun to uh, break that stuff out. And well, we became Plowman's Lunch. We became Plowman's Lunch, which is kind of like a pogey thing. Uh, but now we're 
A pogey thing. A pogey thing. <laughs> Not a hoagie, a pogey. A pogey. A pogey. <laughs> and we're still doing it with, with Slim, uh, the other get hip guy nowadays, yeah. uh, is... Um, does his Irish set every year. And, and we're I, doing a, uh, we're going to be putting together a new band with Slim. Yeah, we're trying soon. to move that forward a little bit just to see what we can do because we don't have enough to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, really, we have a lot to do. So it's, I think it's kind of crazy. It's kind of like, you know, uh, music just always, I guess music and creating art in general was just always it for you two. And you just kept at it. It's part of know? the operating system. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. In the meantime, I had kids and full-time <laughs> job <Not me>. I, <laughs> yeah I'm, but like i mean you mentioned that you're you mentioned that you you teach right you, i do i at teach kappa. At, at kappa right. so that's like an arts forward oh, school absolutely. right yeah so yeah. you're just kind of passing on knowledge and experience onto like the next generation Not music though but it's hard i well, teach in the visual art department yeah, it's still department. knowledge and experience yeah. in general yeah, that, yeah whether no matter what it is you know to the right. next generation of creators hopefully i hopefully it's his, good his kids think so on. highly of them like i could walk into any bar in in uh bloomfield or wherever that's how long i've been there <laughs> <laughs> the kids are old enough now to drink and they say oh you play with mr childers <laughs> uh, we love him he, 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 i am who i am today because of him can you buy me a drink please <laughs> he taught me that <laughs> he used to tell me he would go down to cheese with ten dollars in his pocket $10 and come home with more quarter. money in his pocket than he went with <laughs> how he did that i don't know yeah but bartender there's lipstick on this glass don't worry about it she's clean you'll well, top me her. off trick you know <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that was a shot the beer was a dollar so you know that's uh yeah. <laughs> now that we're all clean and sober. And, yeah, exactly. And, and nice. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Shot in a beer is like 20 bucks now. Oh, right? yeah. It's fucking silly. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, that you'd been listening to this remastered car sickness for a couple years mm -hmm. now, which means a few years ago, I guess this idea or something kind of re-sparked. Like, when did you get the idea or the ambition to try to get this stuff re-released? And then the art show, like, how did all of this come together like i think the the release thing was how did that happen? hey don't involve me in this <laughs> you're in trouble boy you're in hey hey trouble, this man. is all you dennis <laughs> okay um I, I i think the first thing was was when i got all the tapes back from chris it was always in the back of my mind to to re-release the stuff and um, I I was thinking, wow, that'd be really cool to re-release it. Why? I don't know because we can. Um, but then well, I think you have child grown children now, and or you know, and they they like the music. I, I was yeah when we were empty nesters. That's when we yeah. started. Now that he's an I empty nester, do. he needed a, a retirement project. Yes, yeah. I needed a retirement project. <laughs> not not yet. It's coming though. It's coming. Uh, but anyhow, then Carl uh, was in touch with uh, a record label in Italy called Rave Up. Oh, yeah. And then uh, then that's kind of like where the, the actual happening started happening. We started, uh, we got our friend Paul Ferraro, who's going to play bass with us on the 21st, uh, to do a, a remaster. Uh, of, let of let me track. backtrack you there. Because, okay, backtrack me. Because... The first inkling that I got that we were looking at these old tracks again was a little bit after the, the Japanese tsunami. 
exactly. Yeah. Yes, the uh, the, the okay. tsunami wiped out obviously a lot of uh, a lot of homes and a lot of property and a lot of possessions were lost. Carl, I believe, got a email from somebody in Japan and said, "My precious car sickness albums were wiped out in the tsunami. Is there a way to get a copy, a download, a tape, a, a CD, anything? I I, I want to have this music wow. back." And I, I believe that was the initial first spark of it. Well, I like the, the one thing he said at the email. was like, I like to listen car sickness when I home after work because it relaxes me. Okay. <laughs> I like, That's, really? There's your zen. It relaxes you? <laughs> There's your meditation music. <laughs> Sound healing. I mean, that's awful, but that's also awesome at the same time. Yeah. Like, that's a... But then Dennis, that you were able to do it. But Dennis pretty much spearheaded it, and yeah. he saw it through from the initial uh, wanting to have it done by financing it, getting all the the uh, tapes from Chris Koningsberg, who was the original bass player, uh, all the way to finalizing it with a a a car sickness uh, show again. I mean, we, we don't know what to call it. Uh, it's not a reunion. I, I like to think of it as this is actually the first time we're playing ever. Yeah, you know, this I, is uh, I, this I is our first. Advertise it as a reunion. No, either. this we, is. We I'd rather see it as yeah. This is just says the first time we're playing. Car sickness. We, music by car sickness. Music by car. We we were even thinking about just playing all new material, but but we only have uh, a couple hours to rehearse uh, after f- so many years. Yeah, I'm uh, sure we'll throw some. Some pretty curveballs in there that everybody will go. What the we're playing Gooskies Saturday, the twenty mm-hmm. second, so uh, w- with some good hip bands and uh, uh, Knox Boys. So that's going to be, uh, I think, a little bit more experimental. Uh, we'll, we, we've been, to, we would have been together all of two days at that point, so we'll be a lot more uh, experimental. <laughs> we never needed to rehearse, but I, I, I'm wondering how do we get so much done? I guess we did rehearse every night. Uh, or what did we do every night? Oh, I think rehearsal was a reason to drink. <laughs> totally. It was our fishing trip. Yeah, right, or a bowling night or something. I don't know. Yeah, no. It's like uh, some people go to, uh, you know, Bible school. We played music. And <laughs> well, I think that it was... That makes any sense. <laughs> what, are you, what are you going on about there? <laughs> it was more than... I mean, you kind of... we touched on it in the beginning of the conversation where, you know, this was more than the music it was really about like the scene and a part of that would just it wasn't even a scene then it was just what you did so it was more or less we're just gonna hang out we got instruments let's play but we're also drinking and bullshitting and doing everything else that we're doing that's just what we're we're doing yeah we're still pretty well connected with all the people that were close in that scene i mean for you know if one appears at my door it's like we have something in common already right off the bat and uh, the non-punk show really brought a lot of those people out we all fought the same battles yeah right i mean you know i'm really curious about um i mean it's probably a question that can't be answered but when did everything start to kind of like i don't want to say fizzle out because it really didn't i guess just like the torch had just been passed from decade to decade to decade or something but mm-hmm. like when did car sickness i guess we'll just keep focused on car sickness when did that kind of just take a step back and then the evolution we, into, we evolved uh, into other plowman's things? lunch uh, okay it's interesting because i took a break to 
pursue other uh, musical interests, world music and things of that nature. And they continued. Uh, I ran into Carl, probably Dennis. It was at, I believe, at a party at uh, one of the guys from one of the guys from Anti Flag. Uh, his sister Lucy Justin. was having a party at their house, and they at that point I was saying to Carl, one of the original ideas for car sickness. Uh, wasn't called that yet, but, but in the van ride back from the class show, one of the original ideas was to start a progressive uh, hard folk band. That's why I brought the bagpipes over uh, to the first meeting. <laughs> yeah. And I said, why don't we pursue that? Why don't we do that? Because at that point, uh, there was an uptick in Irish uh, rock music at that time. And uh, so it became a, a natural progression or evolution uh, into Plowman's Lunch. We, the attitude and the mentality uh, was all this, was, was the same. Sure. And, uh, we, we just, we, we, uh, it's kind of switched formats and went into the more folky end of things. Well, yeah, exactly. The neighborhood was still the same. We just moved into a different house. Yeah. And I think I had a, son at that time and yeah, Carl yeah. had three kids already at that time so <laughs> I, I would say it fizzled out we kind of like had to take a little break well, from I, that said, I think, I, think yeah, I, said, I think I said faded out or stepped back yeah necessarily so fizzled, but... kind of you know we stepped back and then we refocused and reformatted into another band same people same people yeah so and I, I think in some ways the Plowman's Lunch probably got heard by a lot more people we were playing New York regularly uh we were on the road all the time, and yeah, we uh, put out a lot of releases on that. Also, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, that was some uh, that was some really interesting stuff because it kind of had. Uh, I think somebody said something. We had street cred from being in car sickness with the musical talent or something to pull this stuff off. So um, maybe we'll get get hip to release some Plowman's Lunch. That's right. You know, Plowman's Lunch. I have no idea where any of that. Those tapes are car sickness. Was well, the, the, only the interesting thing buy. about the <laughs> Plowman's Lunch was that uh, we we actually got members of the Pogues to play with us. We got members of uh, Pat Kilbride, who was forget his band right now, but uh, we also had uh, Johnny Burns, who worked with U two, uh, produce us, and uh, we regularly regularly Chris played Butler played from the waitresses. Oh no, that was a that car, was car sickness. sickness. Oh, Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we See, I'm, it's played, coming. It's uh, getting there. You know, yeah, yeah. showcase shows in in New York City, and the audiences were crazy, and uh, it, it was it was insanely fun uh, for everybody. It, right. the, a good night would end in a limbo contest, you know, <laughs> and wake up in the morning to a, to a nice pint of Guinness uh, in, yeah. <laughs> in the parking lot. Or how about? Uh, what was the the guy the chieftains? We were like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hanging out with the, one of the chieftains kids. Players. Yeah, I mean it, 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 it the the band that we morphed into became even crazier. I, I have no doubt about it. What was the the uh, and club harder. we used to play at all the time? The Blarney Stone or not the Blarney Stone? You mean up in New York? In New York, yeah. Yeah, it was owned by Tommy Makem. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mac, Tommy Makem. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah. Makem. Yeah, he was a part of the Dubliners, yep. and so you had that old school, uh, f- guess first generation uh, Irish revivalist or folk revivalist supporting the the uh, the new breed that was coming along, 
And so that, that was really encouraging. So, and that was also b before the day of the internet, uh, totally. or accessibility of the internet. And, uh, and so the, there, there was a, there was, there was a beauty in the, in, in the lineage, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, of the evolution. The non-punk Pittsburgh show, when did that idea come to fruition? That only came to fruition nine months ago or okay. something like that. So uh, it wasn't anything that like you had been thinking would be a good idea? Maybe just like, was it like a light bulb popped? Oh, like, no, I should I, totally I, do this. I've always known that uh, people have been sitting on these negatives for years. Okay. And, you know, I was slowly seeing them, you know, pop up on Facebook and pop up here. And then they were doing this, uh, the, as talking before how we're all still in touch and everything. Well, they do this thing every year called Repunk. Uh, they're on their third Repunk this year. And that's just when all the old punks get together and have tea and crumpets. Do you, are you familiar <laughs> with the Repunk scene? No, I've never heard of this. The yeah, Repunk yeah. scene happens every few years or so. People fly into town that no longer live in the city. And uh, some of them reform the bands that they were in at the time. And it's basically a, a way... Uh, a little bit lower key than the space gallery thing is, but equally as important, perhaps. Uh, it's a way for people to reconnect again. And uh, usually there's uh, th alternative, alternative things to do in, in any given night over a weekend. Uh, there's restaurants, there's uh, bar crawls, there's poster gallery shows sure, to sure. see. And uh, Dennis, was unable, to, Dennis was unable yeah, yeah, yeah. to make the one this past year because of uh, issues outside of music. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I find it interesting that he said, well, the heck with it. I'm going to have my own repunk, and uh, I'm going to call it non-punk. <laughs> but that's, that's just my own <laughs> viewpoint of it, and it has no, well, no it basis kind of, in reality. You know, when I pitched the show, it, it was kind of like I didn't know if anybody would be interested in it. And... Uh, Oh, got to mention Murray Horn. And Mark Murray Horn, who runs the space and the Wood Street Gallery and everything, said, well, that could be a good idea. And, uh, you know, we just started talking about it. And, you know, I told Larry earlier on, I said, you know, I'm going to pursue this. Would you be interested in doing this? And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, let me know. Probably thinking that'll never happen. <laughs> but I pitched it, you know, and it happened. And uh, then between Larry and I, we got all these other people involved and got negatives. And I pretty much was for like eight months uh, over a light table with a little loop magnifier to uh, look at negatives and run through everybody's negatives and kind of print them. Larry was looking through his stuff. Um and uh, we came up with a pretty awesome show. Yeah, that, it's uh, great. Came came up, and some of them were even just uh, from Jan, uh, from back in the day. She took like snapshots, and when I took those snapshots and scanned them and blew them up, they looked awesome. I mean, it was it was yeah. like, geez, even the little snapshots of of the show back then looked really good uh, because it was all part of the scene, and she was at every show um, usually. Uh, we had a little, uh, as as uh, Harriet Stein, my friend, would say, "Don't forget about the fans. That's a really important part of playing in a band." And Absolutely. it is, you know. If you got people that are come out and see you all the time, it's a 
it's it's awesome. It yeah, really is. Yeah. Totally. What was like whenever you got your hands on those negatives and you started going through them for the first time? I mean, I imagine you probably hadn't seen some of those photos ever. Well, so what was it like just like, I gotta tell going you, through all I, that? I've going through there were certain ones I knew for sure because I remember kind of seeing them from back in the day. Um, it was Tom Jefferson who was doing a lot of the band photos. Stacy Weiss was doing all the band photos. Uh, Larry Ripple was doing band photos. There were other people that I could have got, but I don't know how to get in touch with them because they're not on Facebook. A lot of this was done through <laughs> via Facebook and word of mouth. But uh, Stacy had said she found, really, Stacy's the one that kind of made me go with this idea. I was at her house having a couple of drinks one night, and she pulled a big box out that she found in her garage or something full of old negatives from back in the day. And uh, I was like, oh, these are awesome. But I had been drinking a little bit, and she was <laughs> going to take them now. And I said, no, I don't want to take them now. So I took some of the contact sheets to go home to look through them. And uh, when I uh, approached her again and said, I need the negatives, she said, I don't know where they're at. I've lost them. So I was uh, like, so I had some, oh. of the, so I had some of the contact sheets, and I should have taken them that night. But I was afraid I would lose them or you know do something stupid with <laughs> well, them. There was some VHS in there as well, right? There was a bunch of VHS stuff in there from Plowman's Lunch, more. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, so I said, all right, well, I'll try to work with what I have here of her stuff, which I had some of the original prints from Car Sickness because she was our band photographer. Steve had some that were all crumpled up and in a <laughs> metal and in one of those little plastic tubs. Uh, so I started working with those. And then a week before we had to send everything out to the printers to have them printed, she found them. Wow. So I thought I was like home free. I don't have to like sit, stand over this light table anymore and burn my eyeballs out. Um, but she found her nags. And when I started looking through her nags, Every strip I pulled out, I started going, oh, my God, this is awesome. I mean, it was like total, I was so excited to see these, which uh, ended up being she has a lot in the show. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, everything I picked up brought back a flood of memories and awesome times. Um, so She was always with her camera. Always with her camera. She also was co-starter of uh, Blatant Image Gallery at that time. Blatant Image, which turned into Silver Eye, which is now on Penn Avenue. Um, they have a big brand new place up there. Um, Dave is head of that now. Dave something or another. I, I'm I forgot his name. I knew him from the governor's school. <laughs> but, uh, oh, that, that, you know, that's just the thrill of seeing this. Most of the other stuff I knew, I could picture it in my head that I wanted these. But when I finally got her eggs, I forgot that some of the oh, stuff totally. was just so awesome. The shots of Ken, oh, yeah. our friend um, who's passed away. Um, That's the sad part is uh, seeing people that are no longer with us. But luckily, we at least have their one-dimensional image. As Bill Board said the other night at the opening, the older we get, the more dead friends we have. Yeah, he was the drummer for the cardboards. Yeah, cardboards, the puke. Uh, one of the founders of the whole kind of punk thing here in the city. I realize moving a lot of this stuff that the the past can be very heavy, especially when it's in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. Well, it's kind of interesting asking, you know, because uh, one of our friends, also a photographer who has passed away, Kevin Brunell, um, you know, his wife had to go through all of his stuff, and that brought back a lot of memories to her. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, when you when you go back and you start looking at stuff, yeah. it's kind of like wow. That was uh, for, for for Larry and I. It was we we're like Jesus. We're reliving our youth through this show. Yeah, it's all fun thing. and games for us, but for other people, it's extremely, extremely emotional. Then, and you know, it was because of uh, this non-punk thing. I mean, they they have to go through things that feelings that may have already been buried or moved on from. Well, that's like I was saying. You know, you take the good memories with the bad memories, and you just throw them all together. And I I think you know having the show. When you put all that aside, I think it's awesome that people get to see a little piece of history in Pittsburgh that they never knew happened. Totally. I mean, you know, so it is there for, I think this is the first time any of the photographers in the show have actually shown these work works to the public. Yes, you know, they've just had them sitting around for years and maybe did a couple of the prints for the bands, uh, but most of the stuff was hidden for almost... 40 years i mean it's weird yeah <laughs> really <weird. laughs> i'm still learning the songs yeah i was i, I think i was I, I I, the same clothes it was 40 on. years ago i was like six years old then yeah. Yeah. so Jesus. how long is the show going till again june 18th and uh don't forget the fridays every friday except for april 21st and june 2nd uh we're having the the jam sessions, which I would like to get some of the, some of my Pittsburgh boys out here to show these tourists that were coming in the other night how it's done. You know, so it'll be but, up during the arts festival. And, yeah, and people should come on the twenty first. Oh yeah, to come yeah, see gonna... the car sickness not reunion, non, non reunion, non reunion. Yeah, that's what it yeah. should be called. Yeah, non, good point. Non reunion it for is non punk. Non reunion. Yeah, non punk. Non reunion. We figured it out. Uh -huh. There yeah, you go. Well, thank you. We'll <laughs> put that down. You yeah. got that. My uh, I guess wrapping this up, my last question is going to be, did that person in Japan ever get the record? Let's I, say I, yes. I, I led him to some downloads. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say where those downloads are because now we have it on GitHub and we want to sell them again. <laughs> but there was a space for some downloads. I, like I think I led him to that. Um, you know, uh, it's kind of funny, you know, I guess listening to uh, uh, Policeman and His Dog was a really relaxing thing for him. <laughs> I don't <laughs> go home. I can yeah. just picture him going home. Maybe and, KKK means something different. Yeah, right. I don't know. What do you say to oh, KKK? Yeah. Which, you know, Brian, what do we say to the KKK? <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, he remembered. <laughs> ding, Why ding, 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 ding. We so got well. a winner, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what does he win? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I want a, a great conversation with you too. Right, thank you for coming out. Oh, thanks for doing this. this. I'm really this is awesome. Thanks for promoting this. Yeah, totally. I, 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 whenever I was there on opening night, I was just like, I felt like inspired. I was like, I have wow. to. I want to be here, but I have to get out of here and go home and work on stuff. That's like how I felt. Awesome. That's the way it should. Well, be. why don't you go down and jam some night? One of these. Yeah, Fridays. I totally will. Yeah. I totally will. Yeah. I didn't realize you were doing it every Friday. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I say, I I think the show is not a show that you can just come in and see in you know, like an hour. Or so there's there's so much there, and uh, I would encourage people to come back again and 
Yeah, and it's, again and again. It's and dense. There's a lot, I and think, I feel that yeah. you'll see something new if you go back two or three it's times. Pretty, totally, uh, you know, overwhelming when you first walk in. As far as I think, I mean, you know, uh, it's a pretty overwhelming show for just somebody walking in and going, "Wow, where do I start?" There is a little map, but you know, it's kind of hard to follow. But that's kind of what. I guess that's kind of how punk is supposed to be, though. It's a little overwhelming at first. It's like, where do I start? Like yeah. the first time you yeah. heard whatever it was and introduced you to it, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's yeah. it takes a second to process, but you figure it out. You yeah. know, you got to yeah. go back to it a couple times. Exactly, and I, I would encourage people to do that. It's know? such an antiquated word that punk. I mean, totally. It's interesting because without any of this. Uh, web interconnection a movement happened and it happened worldwide in every small little country to every major metropolis it happened not only in music but in film and photography and in all, all art forms it these type of things happen every maybe once every 50 years or once every 100 years i'm not sure but when when they do happen, it's almost like somebody flipped a switch, and we we now wake wake up in a different world, and that's what happened. And Pittsburgh was part, you know. Luckily, Pittsburgh uh, the, the pilot light was lit, so and the mills were closed. And the mills were closed. <laughs> we would practice, and we would look outside and literally see the uh, the steel mills uh, light up the sky, very orange, and you would smell the sulfur in the air, and. Uh, you know these 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 were uh, these 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 were days songs. when it when it was a little difficult to be different. Yeah. And now you know you can buy a, you can a, a Sex Pistols yeah. iPhone yeah. case. Yeah. <laughs> the, the revolution will be merchandised. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. But it, it's all good. So yeah, thanks for right. coming and uh, thanks. Definitely be sure to check out the non-punk Pittsburgh show at Space Gallery downtown at 21st car sickness knox boys and full counts and the 22nd car sickness knox boys gooskies 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 and polish hill yeah then and we'll see yes that's the down and dirty one all right, <laughs> all right. All right. thanks guys hey. bye -bye. and that is all folks thanks so much for listening I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Dennis and Steve are both really fucking cool guys. Car Sickness, cool band, non-punk Pittsburgh, awesome exhibit. If you can, go down and check it out, especially on the 21st. That's this Friday. But if you can't make that, the exhibit is open for a while. Take the time. Go down, learn something, check it out, okay? I'm going to plug myself just a little bit because this is my show. If you are new to me or new to the show, whatever, you can find me on the internets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All of those are at The Real Sykes. That's Sykes with an I, S-I-K-E-S. -E the podcast also has its own little home on Facebook. If you go to your search bar and type in Start the Beat with Sykes, it'll pop up. You can like the page, stay up to date 
with new episodes that are coming out and when they're released and when they're about to be released and when events are happening. Shout outs real quick to everyone who came out to the three year anniversary party for Start the Beat that just happened this past Friday at Black Forge Coffee House. Can't thank them enough and everybody that helped make it happen. It was awesome. And we recorded a live episode at that event that will be up next week. So if you're interested, stay tuned. And yeah, last but certainly not least, Start the Beat is part of the Epicast family, which you can learn all about at epicastnetwork.com. And yeah, that's a whole lot of information. I hope some of it stuck in your brain and that you'll be able to retain it long enough to take advantage of it later. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.